0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 225th of Career Podcast. Our right, today's guest is Miss Olha Kofton. She's a senior texture artist at Frozen from Odessa, Ukraine. And of course, before we go into the uh, signature questions of the podcast and go through with all those questions, let me quickly mention that in the four contact section of the captions, you can find the links to our Instagram account, our session, and a YouTube video which is about learning the basics of 3D hand painted textures which is, you know, from a style as a station channels. If anyone, you know, is into 3D stuff, you probably know that channel already. And, um, yep, and also linked to a course, which we're going to talk about it in the podcast as well. So just, you know, thought I'll let you guys know about it. By the way, the course is on discount right now. So go check it out as well. And with everything that I just said, let's move that aside. And how are we doing today?
1: uh great thanks for having me
0: all right my pleasure and by the way for to anyone who's listening the past couple of episodes i think you've already noticed and that my voice is kind of you no know, grungy right now and please do let me know in the comment section how has my voice has been improving like after every episode because like i i hope it's getting better i have my tea at hand, but yeah let's see by tonight which is going to be yeah i think i've told this before as well like today is the day that i record four episodes i think that's a record now and this is the second episode of the day of May 13th. And the last episode will be recorded at 10 p.m. My time right now it's 48 p.m. So yeah, let me know how my voice has, is going to change. Like, keep, keep me posted down in the comment section down below. Now, with that being said, let's jump into the signature question of the podcast, which is give us a little introduction on how we got into the world of visual arts and design. Basically, tell us your origin story, if you know how you became an artist, basically.
1: Oh, that was... Uh... The story that came from my childhood, uh, but I was doing it like mind mindlessly. Uh, I was drawing a lot as a child. I was uh, doing some crocheting, knitting, and all that stuff. Sewing. I was interested in a lot of uh, crafting and visual stuff. Um, and then, for sometimes, uh, when I was uh, studying at the railway lyceum, I stopped. And then, uh, I was playing in the games like a lot, (laughs) but I always thought that the people that are making all of those things, they're kind of the gods or they need to be studied at some specific colleges to do arts and whatever. And, um, while we're studying at the Railway Lyceum, uh, the friend of mine showed me that, look, uh, at, at, he was a programmer working at the, the studio with the 3D modelers uh, and on the interior visualization, all the stuff. And he showed me uh, like 3DS Max and look, you can do this and you can make money out of it. Uh, it's uh, the way better than the railway study and I didn't want to study there anyways. So after my Like study day, I started to learn 3ds Max. Probably I started from Blender, but it was like the very early stage of the Blender when you had a really uh, small amount of the tutorials on YouTube and you are doing things and don't really understand what's happening. So I started to make uh, the furniture and the pillow uh, simulation. 3ds max um, and I was burned out after this because I thought that I need to do this for the rest of my life like to uh, to look at all of those strict measurements and if you are doing some stitched furniture it it requires a lot of technical skills and when you're going to the i don't know rendering you need to know how to set up lightning and that was frustrating that was li- really hard for me and uh I guess for a month or two, I was the burnout and I was sitting there trying to find my way into 3D. And I guess someone showed me the sketchfab where artists can upload their models and you can see the different art uh, over there like uh, from photo scans to game ready models with animation and I started to discover a lot of models over there Uh, and I was like I want to do something like this I started to play League of Legends uh, back then and I started to search for different concepts and try to recreate all those things some cartoonish Mm, then I tried to got into hand paint and it was the failure at the first uh, time then probably I started to apply to my first job because I felt that I can model, I'm comfortable enough with this. and I guess a huge amount of what uh, of what I know now and what I can is came out of my work practice because um, I was lucky enough to get uh, nice mentors and nice leads that taught me a lot about 3D and especially on uh, the style that I'm working on right now on stylization and so on
0: all right and by the way i am truly sorry that you had to play league of legends like i'm really sorry <laughs> why like that? it's a
1: nice it's a nice game why
0: <laughs> it's a nice looking game but the community could you know like playing solo is not really good for your mental health you know that's not what uh, i'm gonna say yeah <laughs> what, yeah what but mean, uh,
1: like? yeah
0: yeah like what heroes do you main on league
1: uh i'm simple enough i'm mid laner and support uh the ari nami morgana kind of mage nice looking girls
0: <laughs> all right and like there's two types of like you know League players there's this type of gear, league player that likes the game art and you know there's, you know, cute stuff, and there's, like, the Z mains who have, like, no social life. Like, the Yasuo mains, like, Jesus.
1: Yes, yes. But as soon as I started to work in hand paint and playing League, I'm just that kind of person that playing in games right now, zooming on the textures, screenshotting Same. them. Yes, and putting on the Pure F uh, for, for the times that I really needed to look at them yeah I, I have this reference and i can do something like this <laughs> probably
0: yeah and yeah i actually do this a lot one of the things that i really love about valorant for example and a right right game you know uh title is that uh you can make a, pr- a single lobby and it can go in it's go in maps and you can turn on cheats and you can go ghost mode and look at everything in the map as someone as an inspiring environment artist that is super useful i i wish all games had this feature like i mean it's kind of like an unintentional feature they didn't do it for you know be environment artists or something but it's something you can actually cheese out of the game you know and yeah
1: i really like to watch uh, speed runners on youtube just to see how the levels of game was built like i don't know they speedrun. Every, every game that you have, they was already speedrunned speed run by some some speedrunner like on three minutes or so uh, with some bugs and glitches. And it's interesting to see, even if it's not the type of content I'm usually watching on YouTube.
0: Yeah. And, well, actually... Um, in the introduction i mentioned that you're a texture artist and you're a texture artist but we, which we know, you know now established that that's your main thing but how did you yeah, you know s- decided to become a texture artist you know because you started 3d and you know you said you did some interior design you know and all that and that was you know really soul crushing for you yeah. but tell me the story of now how you became a texture artist and the whole how's the whole process and journey been for you
1: I guess uh, every artist that have some uh, thin specializ- specialization over here uh, became this artist uh, unintentionally probably. You're just doing some things and you become better at it. Um, I started as like modeler without specialization at all. And I started doing different things. I tried this and that, and sculpting, and and everything. And I think the main reason why I started to be a specifically hand paint texture artist it's my job at Enhance. Enhance is a small company that hiring uh, artists from. Let's say from juniors, they are teaching you uh, and uh, they are doing different art source projects. And at first they gave me like a small model, some cringy, I don't know, some character that was looking like a very angry stomp like the part of the tree you know uh and i was trying to hand paint it in substance painter which is already cringe but you know we're we're all started from somewhere and they're starting to give me uh the harder and the harder task uh, over time So uh, I worked my way out of the easier texturing to the harder texturing. And that way I learned how to paint characters, how to use the substance painter and 3D code, which I was like, I hated 3D code a lot. I don't know why, because I was stupid probably. Uh, So I just uh, worked a lot and I had like probably three see three works at one day like i was working full-time i i was getting a freelance and another one freelance and out of uh everything that i was doing i understood that i really like uh the painting the most i guess my brain works in the way that i don't like painting 2d i just can't force myself to sit down and start to paint but I can fool my brain uh, into painting into 3D, which is like uh, kind of the same, but uh, the same process, I mean, uh, but you can use more like of, uh, shortcuts and all the kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, I understood that I really like when people given me the ready model uh probably the bakes and i'm doing small part of uh, technical stuff like i'm uh right now i'm doing the uv unwrapping baking and the texturing and i'm okay with that it's uh, it, it's always challenging you Like have different models and you can discover the way the other uh, artists work and you can recreate it and uh, I also like uh, to do tiling texture from time to time because it's interesting how you can uh, make things work. Uh, So yeah I guess uh, I become the texture artist specifically because people was f- searching for me. They was like, mm, I guess one um, <clears throat> one employer said me that uh, we have a lot of 3D modelers over here. We have a lot of character, character sculptors, but we don't have a lot of hand-painted texture artists. And the... I call it like the crate trap, you know, when you are um, going into the company, when uh, you, you are doing only the wooden crates, boxes, whatever, and you did them for a big amount of time and you're posting them into your portfolio. And the people that are searching for the, the man for the artists who are specifically doing crates uh, will text you like, hey, we need to do a crate, we need to do a wooden box or whatever, uh, and we see that you have them in your portfolio, so can you do more? And probably that's how I became a texture artist. People were searching for textures. They're texting me. I'm doing more of a texture, and I like to do it and that's how, how I became texture artist
0: all right and like it's kind of weird <clears throat> the the thing I'm talking about that is weird is the fact that some people are just not good with 2d not that they're not good you know but their brain doesn't have fun with 2d that's what I'm saying you know yeah but because I'm I'm the same as well like you know I've been trying to I thought you know I tried a lot of things in my life you know and well like doing digital painting and learning Photoshop and tutorials and stuff like that. Sure, I would practice, and anyone, regardless of how their brain is right, they can become good at anything. By the way, like, so it's not a matter of like not being able to, but it's about how your brain has fun with it and you can keep consistent with it. For me, 2D wasn't it, and I tried a lot. I was like, oh, I try, I try to learn as much as I can, but you know, it didn't work. I like doodling and sketching. I still do, but. That doesn't, that's not going to get you paid that much. I don't know. Unless you're yeah. an incredible artist and I'm not an incredible artist to be honest. And, um, well, I opened Blender once and I know this is such a cliche and boring sentence I'm going to say in the next part of my story, but yeah, I tried the blend Donut tutorial. Yes, I know. <laughs> and, um, I dropped it because I got, because my ADHD brain got bored of it after two videos. And yes. Fast forward two years, a year later, I was like... I was just doodling some random spaceships, you know, on Photoshop and I, and I exported that layer. I was like, hmm, it would be awesome if I could model this roughly in 3D. And that's was the key, learning something through, like ha- while being oriented on making a project, not necessarily doing a tutorial, you know? And I finished that piece by just Google searching everything that I needed to know, not looking at tutorials. And yes. that was so amazingly effective. I mean, I still have all my first renders and everything. I archived everything. That looked trash for my first 3D job. But then after that, I was like, wait, this could be something. I had fun with it. It was like playing with Legos. And I actually did the, and lo and behold, Blender tutorial, the download tutorial got updated to the for the Blender 3.0. So I finished completed it as much as torturous it was for my, you know, brain. Because it's hard for me to, you know, pay attention sometimes to tutorials. I need a lot. I take a lot of breaks. I know that doesn't seem healthy, but that's how my brain is, unfortunately.
1: I guess uh, a lot of people who are trying to learn something, uh, they're just jumping into the tutorials and trying to learn from the mentor. Probably for somebody, it will work, but... For my ADHD brain, it works in the same way. And I guess um, the whole process of learning, you know, in those books that you are reading, how to be a self-taught paste that you need to paste, uh, whatever you want to be... Uh, if you're interested in something, you just go Google it and start to do this. Like if I want to model a cup, I'm I'm trying to uh, understand which software I want. Uh, then I go to Google and software for 3D modeling. I'm just picking one, then I'm open it, uh, getting frustrated, close it. Then I go back to it and try to learn the stuff. Uh, yes, that's why I got my first... Ever course i guess on the third on the fourth um, year of when i was working already and it was the character course because i was interested in the industry standards pipeline uh and, and that was making a lot of sense because, you know, I was already formed uh, artists that had uh, their own pipelines, but I was open for something new. And I was interested in, uh, you know, uh, fulfill my toolbox with some new new tools that I can use. Probably there's the thing with, uh, with every new tool that you need to learn. And people are forgetting about that when you're going to a course the course is uh, a really specific experience of the mentor that I create in this course uh, that uh, it's well, it's always uh, an artist who came through a lot, who formed under some circumstances, and uh, that's uh, that what formed him. You know that's why he worked in a specific way. And you, as a new artist, not necessarily should follow this path. You can pick. Uh, you should be picky. You can pick this and that, but still exploring your way into into all of this
0: yeah exactly and um by the way speaking of blender i had like a question um based on your experience with you know i think you tested hand painting you know texture process on a lot of softwares i assume um could you give us a review of each software uh
1: sorry, which software sorry. is better
0: I had, I had to sneeze i couldn't finish my sentence <laughs> sorry uh, That's I was, okay. what i was trying to ask is a little like like review like it how intuitive and easy and complete is in software like doing the whole hand painting texturing process like blender like Modo? i think oh, no am i wrong
1: oh there's a lot of it it's like a body paint it's like 3d substance code painter, the blaze course. the substance painter um they all just have different uh, tools and uh, I think you can't paint like in 3ds Max and Maya, but I'm sure there is definitely some kind of perverted plugins for it. Uh, the thing is when you're a 3D artist, you, you have a lot of software different software that you need to pick for every process. Like you have a sculpting, which theoretically can be done in Blender and in even in Maya. But for some reason you're picking ZBrush because ZBrush is designed for it. Um, on the other hand, you can do a texturing in ZBrush too, but it's not as useful as in a substance painter. And that's why we have this like jumping in between softwares every time. And hand paint, uh, it, the kind of thing that is, you need to pick the program, the software that are mostly um, very, very similar to the drawing software. Like we have like Photoshop, Procreate, Krita, and all of the stuff that you can paint on. And you need the similar process in your software. I think I saw um, the YouTube channel BrainGraft. That's uh, the artist who do an extremely low poly models in Blender. And he's texturing it in Blender with Photoshop. And for some of the artists, this... uh, bond of two softwares can work really well. I tried this. I tried. uh, I started hand-painting Substance Painter. Then I switched back into 3D code. And I can say that the 3D code, which is uh, have now a shrinked uh, version of it, like you have a general 3D code when you can do uh, the retopology UVs and voxel and whatever they have there. And you have shrinked version, the 3D code Textura, uh, which is for uh, only texturing. And I think uh, the 3D code offers you a most organically feel of this painting. Uh, because I remember when I have this click in my brain, when I started, you know, to hold a pen differently, when I started to paint in 3D code, because Substance Painter have a different engine for the brush strokes, probably, um, I... I was reading somewhere that every brush stroke in Substance Painter it's some kind of vector curve or whatever, and the more you paint there, the more your program starts to freeze and it's become the heavier uh, because of this. Uh, no, if you don't have uh, a very powerful PC. It's not the way you want to hand paint because hand paint is a lot of brush strokes, a lot of jumping for Photoshop eventually because uh, no software have uh, this tool set like Photoshop. So, yeah, I think 3D code the most uh, is like for old school style of painting but i'm using the bond of substance painter 3d code in my pipeline because i'm frustrated to start from like zero from the blank page i'm doing the whole base lightning and shading and bakes even in substance paintings i'm hoping into the 3d code where i'm only painting using like two
0: brushes all right and that's actually really great segue to the next question you know how we finish this last subject which i'm going to ask you is how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a new project or a new piece basically what does the structure of a pipeline look like you know what i'm saying
1: um uh, there's always like uh, a lot of ways you can go to at first you are if you're starting from scratch, you're getting concepts. It doesn't matter if you are um, gathering a lot of reference and pick uh, and draw concept by yourself or you already have a concept, then you eventually gather in references uh, to get some things uh, figure out for your brain and start to model. Um, Then... I guess uh, you can do or not do high-poly model because someone can model even the character without high-poly. If you have something really complicated and you need a lot of texture, probably, uh, I don't know... Those ZBrush pipeline. Then you are starting from ZBrush, of course. Uh, I like to make uh, a very draft low poly block out in Maya. Then I'm transferring into ZBrush. Then I'm making the high poly model out of it. Uh, then pre topology UVS baking maps because even if i'm working only with low poly and i don't have any high poly for it i'm baking maps because i'm making the base in substance painter and substance painter requires uh, baked maps for everything it's the position map the normal map uh, whatever you, you it's like the stage that need to be passed for further texturing, and for speed-up. So I'm going to a substance painter, making the base, base colors, and figure out which materials I want uh, to show on my model. I'm making, like, quick draft. And then I'm exporting it material by material to the 3D code. And in the 3D code, I'm doing this, you know, slow, meditative process of painting, mm-hmm set in brush strokes small juicy highlights and all those things that we like paint for
0: all right awesome but I was wondering like is it possible that we can uh, see the cat
1: um She's she, she's ignoring me. Uh, probably oh, she right. will she will come here to yell at me because I'm <laughs> you know she don't she don't like uh, when I'm talking a lot. Uh, probably because of my high voice. And sometimes she came here. she's sniffing the microphone or sniffing me. And uh, she's like, yeah, she's somewhere. <laughs> probably she will come here we'll see she's yeah. a very independent woman, woman. No, <laughs> yes just,
0: like the reason i say that because like i it's kind of a tradition at this point like anyone who has cats has to reveal them like i like mean, there were like emily arena Anna Moshe. yesterday the twin egyptian brothers i had um they also had a cat named timon like a grumpy orange cat Oh, and... the orange
1: cats and black cats are sharing the same brain cell. Yeah,
0: they're, they're not <laughs> the they're smartest. Similar. Yeah.
1: Not, yeah, you know, not the smartest, but uh, they're more two fun. Types.
0: They're crazy.
1: They're like fun, that. crazy, or very angry. There's like two types, or they're crazy and they bite you and they're trying to kill you in your sleep, or they're just fun and doing weird, silly stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean, anyways yeah, exactly and um, there another thing like interesting about cats is like you know because back in our home we used to I mean even till now like since 14, 15 years ago we saved a bunch of cats, kittens and their their descendants are still in our yard herald, like after generations of generations. And the one interesting thing I've noticed always like majority of the time female cats are always very very smarter than male cats. I I honestly I don't know what conclusion to make from that but another thing is with male cats they usually have two types most times either really goofy and dumb and fun or really violent and alpha yes just my like my
1: this. my mine is really uh smart but she's also violent because she's traumatized and she likes to uh, bite every man that came into my house she she didn't bite and try and to you know scratch uh, my friend uh, which is a uh, who is a girl and uh just only one man came out uh, out of my flat and damaged <laughs> probably because she she liked him a lot i don't know
0: <laughs> that's interesting all right and the next question i want to ask is have you ever used your dreams as inspirations for any of your works like any part of your dreams
1: um i guess yes because um A lot of my works are really colorful. They're colorful and uh, I'm the kind of person that uh, in in my life I'm wearing almost uh, always only black. But in my artworks and my dreams are always really colorful. I'm like the shiny stuff and uh, a lot of like bright, bright colors. Mm -hmm. And that's why... Probably I have hand paint because in a lot of those uh, fantasy artworks and concepts, like for the world of Warcraft, for Diablo, you have a, a huge a range of colors and forms, uh, and probably that's 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 why uh, it resonates with me a lot because my personality are made to make stylized art and hand paint and all that kind of stuff
0: all right and the next question is who are some of your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most
1: Uh, I really like to look at you know Asian artists a lot and also at artists that are working on uh, the Riot games uh, because that's a lot to learn from them uh, i'm also like uh, some of the ukrainian artists and 2d artists um, alex hanuka i guess she have a, a lot of uh, nice palettes uh the bright ones and she really um, she really uses the colors in the fun way and i even have the tattoo sleeve of one artist that i i really like uh, it's the sabbath apteros i guess it's that's how uh, his nickname is pronounced uh, here he's drawing a little um, a lot of goofy zombies and specialized on them <laughs> uh and even though i'm i like the cute stuff and i like most of the nice uh, stylized things i really like to discover some new artists that are doing the creepy things with the skeletons with the undeads, uh like billelise i guess uh, his nickname on the instagram he's doing a very detailed renders of the human skeletons with some um, um, I don't know jo- jewelry and some in the old Gothic way uh, that's probably who I wanted to become if I if hand painting doesn't work but as long as it works so yeah
0: all right by the way the ink looks amazing like you know whoever was your tattoo artist you know shout out to them.
1: <laughs> yeah thanks
0: and all right the next thing I want to ask is like you know any advice and tips for a good portfolio and resume for an aspiring texture artist? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, your portfolio should be a representation of two things. Who are you, what you're doing, and what you want to do. Because if you have in your portfolio only some sketches or some unfinished things, you um, you are not able to find the job for doing sketches uh, uh, objectively there is the thing that you can be paid for and you cannot at first you need to look at the artists that you are really like and see how they making the presentation of their works um, what are they doing and if you are uh, already doing some textures um I think I saw a lot of artists are doing uh, substance designers, uh, those renders of the balls and rotated things. Uh, It's uh, it's one field of texture artist, and you can do like the characters and hand paint things. So you should represent in your portfolio what you are doing. And oh, here is my (laughs) hello. (laughs) Yes, this is uh, this is Pusia. Pusia um, it's uh, like translating from the Ukrainian it's cutie like cutie or some nice cat and the thing is she's not a nice cat she's just uh, she's just a silly angry cat that bites everyone except me <laughs> so yeah uh, she, she came as, as, as I said uh, she came and she passed away uh, <laughs>
0: Just an advertisement. my
1: table yeah <laughs> yeah so uh yeah uh, speaking about the portfolio as i said it should be the presentation of your skills if you don't have like finished projects or uh you're searching something to start from you can easily go to the company that you like and a lot of companies uh, actually on some sites with uh, uh, job offerings Oh, she she got a zoomies. Uh, You can ask them to do a test task, which is a really nice way to try yourself at actual work task. And also if it's not an NDA stuff, you can post it in your portfolio. So your portfolio should be not not really big you should have like at least three nice projects finished, nicely presented and uh, also, if you have some old uh, artworks, don't be shy and just uh, hide them or delete them. Because when you're developing as an artist, there is some things that become too old uh, for your skill. And let's say if I'm going to post things that I was making like three or four years ago it's it's not my uh, skill level anymore and as you are developing as you're become more professional artist you need to update your portfolio constantly to uh, show for potential uh, employers that uh, see i am doing these things and uh, this information is uh, on this time is actual i think like this
0: all right by the way um uh, what type of breakdowns do people need to upload on on each post because i because as you know like in 3d portfolios is a bit uh, not that different to be honest than 2d because in 2d sometimes you need to post initial sketches and breakdowns as well but in 3d is a bit different and like you know more um more important you know to show like, different uh, breakdowns uh, but how's it, for texture a-
1: It depends. It depends on what kind of 3D artist you are. If you are a character artist, uh, I guess you need to post the concept. You need to post the um, breakdown as a block out or some ZBrush renderings. If you do a high poly, Uh, if you are doing low poly too and UVs, you need to show that, see, I'm doing topology, I'm doing the UVs and I packed them. Uh, if you are an environment artist and you are doing texture you need to uh, share uh, a little bit of a sneak peek behind your the whole process that I got an idea, I got references. Even the mood board from Pinterest screenshot just at the very end of the uh, of your project should work too. As a texture artist, probably I saw a lot of uh, famous artists like from Riot and from Blizzard uh, also posting the processes from the bakes, from um, stages, you know, the base color, shading... render uh, it's it's up to you really because um, when you're searching for a job and you uh you need to show the skills like doing low poly is a skill uh packing uvs properly optimized is skill too uh drawing the Textures is also a skill. Uh, sometimes, as a three D actors, you need three uh, D artists. You need to be flexible. Probably, if you used uh, some different kind of forms and shape uh, through your research while working on a project, uh, you need to show the tools. It's like, look, I can do this and this and this. Uh, I saw when Art Blast from Riot Games was made uh, for i don't know kind of expansion for a spirit blossom and there was uh like a character a character from different like sides and the chromas for those different colors and uh, if you're a texture artist you're showing that i made the different kind of textures if you're a technical artist or animator you are showing that I have this model, I made this rig, and I make it uh, move like this. I guess it should work like this, just a breakdown of things and skill that you are used for this project.
0: All right and um all right let me ask you another thing what are you working on right now that you can tell us about what kind of project is it i mean of course and these are always a thing that are that exist yes um, yes what type of aside from that what type of thing you know you're doing right now that you can share with us
1: um i'm working on a big project that have the similar art styles that i've worked on like all of these years just as i have to do environments, I have to do tiled textures, and uh, there is a lot of challenges for me. But as I counted from the last year, I made uh, textures more for than 45 or up to 60 characters, different kind of characters, and I made the textures for a lot of objects like small buildings and that kind of stuff. We are working on the big game, uh and uh, in this game we have like a different kind of units that you have the common units and a pre- upgraded ones so as i'm 3d artist that i'm that working mostly on textures i need to show that uh we have uh the usual unit the you know the weak tier one and then we have the tier two unit so um yeah uh Right now, I am doing mostly only textures. Uh, we have a modeler, we have an animator, and the modeler are modeling for me the characters and environment. And I am doing the things that I love, the, the textures. That's all I can say right now.
0: <laughs> all right, and all right. let me ask you a couple of general questions. Um, <laughs> what are what are some of your favorite games or franchises just growing up and even till now what are some of your obsessions
1: oh i guess it's some kind of prof deformation because um the more that i work as a 3d artist on the games the less i play in games um Probably because uh, right now I have the job that I really love and it fulfills all of my, uh, I don't know, joy requirements for this. But I really like recently a lot of games uh, like Stray, like Stardew Valley. I played it a lot. Uh, I saw that uh, a lot of games for cats are upcoming on the consoles, on the PC. Um, the Witcher fran- the whole Witcher franchise, this like classic, it changed my mind uh, on the games uh, in the whole. i am mm, also started to play Ruined King because um, I'm following a lot of the artists that I was working on the Ruined King. And it's really nice and fun to see the models that you are uh explored on Art Station with some wireframes and with some technical details to see this actually in game and how things uh are working. Mm, I guess um sometimes I'm playing League of Legends uh, because you know guilty pleasure <laughs> and um I'm also played Alien Isolation because sometimes I love horrors, but I'm not brave enough to play them by myself. So a lot of them I'm just watching on YouTube. But the Alien Isolation is like a, a really atmospheric kind of game that I uh, got and played by myself. It was kind of scary.
0: <laughs> by the way, on a Stardew Valley, did you finish it to 100% perfection? <laughs>
1: no I, I i'm the person that uh don't like the challenges you know i'm getting frustrated because there is uh the things that you need to work constantly and you need to farm these things uh, with the fishing rods and whatever so I, i'm getting bored uh, really really quickly so nah i'm Funny. just played for, for some times and that's it yeah
0: like, it's, like, one of those games that I really love. and But the unfortunate thing is I finished it everything to the end, so I can't replay it anymore. Uh, like, last summer, actually, like, I was depressed a lot. And that game actually really helped me overcome my depression. Yeah. Like, to be honest, for two, three weeks, like, not a sub 168 hours or something. Just not a sub grinding and trying to get all the achievements and everything. Uh, yeah, some, sometimes
1: uh, it works for me as well. Uh, all those uh, kind of farming simulators is probably the first thing that I started from uh, my journey in the internet and games in general. I was I was little, uh, probably like ten years or whatever, and I discovered those you know browser farm farming simulator games, and. And I think that's where it came from—the Stardew Valley and don't starve, and then oxygen not included, and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really interesting.
0: Yes, Minecraft, Valheim. I love all the survival games. I had a lot of fun with all of them. And all right, so the next thing I want to ask is, you know, what are some of what are some non-art related stuff that you have going on in your life? You know, what are some of the things you want to pursue in life that are not art related?
1: The plants. I'm growing plants. Yes, because uh, it it all started from, you know, uh, I was moving a lot from flat to flat, from house to house. And when I settled up, I thought well it's not a time for plants when you're when you will move and it will be really hard but uh, you know then the war started and I was like yeah live in one single life so why why should I tell myself no so uh, I'm growing plants this monstera was like small leaf and I have uh, another one at the kitchen and I have like a lot of different kind of plants not too much, but, you know, sometimes I'm going to the shop and we have the stores, uh, the gro- the grocery stores. And um, at the very beginning of the grocery stores, sometimes they are dropping uh, the flower pots. And I was like, it's mine. I'm going, you're coming home with me. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm also going to a gym because when you're artist and you're sitting a lot at, at your computer... Even if you don't want, you need to go for a walk. And as, um, you know... it's really sad to say but those things that people are saying um, just go on your walk for your mental health, go touch the grass, yes it's working, even if you're you don't think it's not, yes it's working Um, and you need to do something for your back and you need to go on the massage or do some kind of movement stuff and the side of it, I'm cooking uh, like a lot, Uh, my day is not my day, if I'm not going to the kitchen and I'm not making those sandwiches with the fancy uh, leaves of a salad and drizzle of a sauce on top. Uh, And sometimes I'm going to the restaurants just to, you know, steal some recipes out of there. And uh, I I never know what I'm going to cook next. Uh, It's because I guess... All of all that happened in my life is art. Uh, The cooking is art, the plants uh, growing too. Sometimes I paint with, you know, gouache and all that kind of stuff. I have the big A4 sketchbook that I'm drawing, uh, a lot of flowers, and I'm saving there the dried petals of the bouquet that I bought or somebody gave me from the flowers. Uh, Like, a typical ADHD person, I just have a lot of projects and sometimes I'm uh, doing them, but uh, mostly it's the gym, cooking, and flower gardening kind of. Yeah
0: all right awesome and of course last but not least let's also talk about the way that more in depth about the course which is linked down in the description below you can go check it out and buy it if you're interested in that and also there's like a little bit of a sneak peek of the course as well as a youtube link in the description as well and yeah tell us about that
1: um so we made this course with Thomas from Steelized Station Uh, he reached me out and said hey uh, two years ago we did a breakdown of your hand painted piece and I think uh, we can make a course uh, because people liked it a lot Uh, so there's actually a course that will teach you my specific pipeline and my my vision on a hand paint and how things work um i did a lot of research on you know the color theory and light and stuff you can find it any anywhere on the youtube but for me it was a Kinda hard to understand it. Like, okay, you have the complementary colors, but how the heck should I should I put it on my model? So I tried to explain it in the way that was um, that was informative for me in the first place and how this works. Like, there's a lot of things that uh, artists or mentors uh, don't explain you, like why this brush stroke is should be right here and i'm touching this kind of uh things when i'm painting we are firstly we paint materials on the photoshop even though i didn't like to paint uh, 3d at all but i painted and i explained why i'm doing this and that so and as far as the course started there is a lot of uh which which is really touching for me a lot of people saying and texting me about how um, handy and how good the course is and how well I'm explaining everything, which I was really worrying about. So, yeah, it's more of on a pipeline from start to finish you also will get the model that we made for the course like the food card so you can tweak it by yourself and experiment it a lot as uh, as you want and also you have the opportunity to ask some questions if something is uh, not as clear as you as you'd like to be
0: and also can people also send you the step-by-step process of their work as well during the course to you to get feedback
1: um i guess yes why why not uh there's also like um the model of a food cart was, you know, the jars was a containment, and there is uh, a task like a homework to put something that uh, you want to put there in those little jars. So it's really interesting to see um, like the courses for ten hours, and of course uh, people are just started it, and I'm I'm really excited to see how people will. Go through and uh, they color it in in their own way. As far as I see it, it's coming really great. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I really like mentoring. I really like to help people learn something new why not
0: <laughs> help growing plants yeah that's about it so, <laughs> yes. yeah so yes. like, so you heard it guys you know if you really want to get into 3d hand painting you know and you know textures and stuff like that do check the link down below and the video as well and also like you know it has like you know like a lot of things inside like i have i have the link opened up the has 3d code 101 hand painting fundamentals yes. substance painter 101 industry tips and tricks which you're getting in which you're getting i guess industry tips and tricks here as well but there's going to be a lot more there as well so yeah obviously and yeah there's a lot of like it has a huge curriculum so yeah do check it out defensely. and with that being said we've reached the final question section of the podcast which is called time capsule and let me explain basically what it is. <clears throat> Sorry for sneezing in the microphone. That must be really painful for hands-free users, headphone users. <laughs> and all right, so imagine that you're in a spaceship, all right, and you're a, you're escape you're in an escape pod. You're about to get ejected into space and are going to be lost forever. And your cat is looking at you from the other side of the window, wondering why you're there and in that time you have the opportunity to record some voice logs with the, the, some device on there and you have a couple of minutes to say your last words what did you say to and this is going to be like the last thing you could impart from one human to another human being what would you say in that situation
1: um you know as the war started the, the full-scale war and every one of us um uh, had those feelings that uh, tomorrow, you know, it, it's not as bright as you think, and it can never. It, it, there's a huge possibility that you won't wake up tomorrow. Um, I thought that there is no better time than uh, for live your life than now. You need to live your life. If you want to do something, just do it. If you want to tell somebody that you love them, uh, just tell them. If you're worrying that somebody that you're going to tell that you love him is rejecting you, it doesn't matter. You need to do what drives you, uh, what you really love. uh, Because... The reason of this whole life is happening over here is to live it. To, to live it uh, and give it senses, uh, give the meanings for this life only that you understand. Everybody have their own way and only you decide in which, which way you will go. And there is no right decision. There is only decisions, circumstances... And uh, the things you should deal with, uh, if you're having the bad times right now, uh, tomorrow or the next week, eventually it will get better anyways. Just live your life, that's all.
0: That's honestly one of my favorite answers to this question. I'm I'm being being 100% serious. Like this is like in the top, my top three, like I don't know what the other two are, but this is definitely one of my top favorite answers that I've ever gotten on this question and yeah thank you so much honestly and breaking people contact you if they had any questions is your instagram okay
1: uh yes
0: all right i just wrote something in the captions for a post. and well thanks so much again for coming by i really appreciate you know taking your time you know for coming on this podcast thanks
1: for thanks for inviting me yeah
0: my pleasure and um as usual Thank you to anyone who tuned in and listened to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And if there's any comments or suggestions, leave them down in the comment section down below, or you can just send me a message on Instagram or just any other platform that's available. I'll always check them all out. And with that being said, take care, everyone, and stay safe till, like, till the next episode, which is going to be recorded in two hours for me, but you're probably going to watch it on <laughs> a summer day. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.